Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, diving in, um, <clears throat> doing a series right now called Dare to Believe. How many of you guys believe that God has more in store for you than you've seen yet? Yes. How many of you guys also believe that your faith and the action you put on it is going to determine how much of that you get to access? Come on, that's what we're digging into. So today my message, I've been doing some called Believing is Receiving, okay? Believing is Receiving. Today it's called Believing is Seeing, Believing is seeing. So I'm not going to jump in the verses yet, but if you want to go ahead and mark your Bible on Genesis 13, um, get that thing ready. I, I want to I just start off by just kind of putting my story into this a little bit. Genesis 13. There it is. All right. Yeah, so Jessica and I and my kids... Um, Spent we spent nine years in Redding, California. Well, my kids didn't; they were born out there. Redding, California, at Bethel Church. Um, Bethel Church. If you you, I think most of you know what that is, but the church has been in revival for decades, and God is is just continually, just exponentially increasing the move of God. It's amazing, um, and so the the church, like the leaders of the church. They don't have a heart to just think, well, we should be the only revival place and everybody should have to come here to get it. So what they're actually wanting to do is actually overflow. They, they want to take the, they want to be filled with everything God has and then send it out. All right. Raise up people, send people out. And so they, they've kind of coined the phrase exporting revival. So they're being revival exporters. So Jessica and I moved to Reading knowing that God was going to have us there for a, a period of time and that we would get raised up and become part of the family and, and that God would train us and equip us. And then in the right time, it was up to him when, that he would send us out from there so that we could help export revival culture, export kingdom culture. So uh, that was why we moved there. And little did we know that... Um, that God's season was going to take nine years. You guys have heard me talk about all this stuff. So, but um, it took nine years for God to really get the, the measure of that DNA in us that he planned for us to get, for us to take it out, okay? And so when we moved, we came to Indiana for the reason of planting this church right here, okay? So we came here to plant this church, and we didn't come here just to put another church in Indianapolis as if it needs just another one, right? Like if you open the phone book, if you still have one of those, there's plenty, right? But we came here believing one thing, that God wants to have a move of God here, all right? That's why we came here, to plant a church and to see a move of God happen. Come on, a mighty move, not just a move of God, a mighty move of God, amen? And so uh, why, why would Jessica and I 
move here believing that we're going to see a mighty move of God? Well, I'm going to tell you why. It's because we've seen it. All right? It's because we've seen it. Okay? Firstly, we've seen it by being in it in Reading. So we've seen what it is. We've been immersed in it. We've been part of it. And we've seen revival. Hallelujah. But there's even a more important seeing that I want to talk to you about than the seeing of the revival that's happening there already. It's the seeing that I want to talk to you guys about today because we've seen revival break out right here in Indiana. Okay? I don't mean we've seen it have already happened. I mean we've seen it in the spirit, God's showing us what's yet to come. Come on. So we, we've seen it prophetically, have seen the mighty move of God that God plans to do right here in Indiana. And I've had, I've had many encounters, I've had many visions where God was showing me what he's doing in heaven that he wants to do on earth right here in this area. That's why we moved here. Because he showed us things that we haven't actually seen yet here. You get what I'm saying? He showed us things in the spirit that haven't happened on earth yet. And you guys have heard me. I, I did several weeks of talking about a lot, a lot of that stuff. I'm not, I'm not about to repeat that. But, um, but Jessica and I spent a lot of time during those several months in Reading before we moved here spying out the land. We were spying out the land. All right? We were spying out the land. We came here physically a couple of times to just to go around and look and stuff and see what God would show us. But even in Reading, in the Spirit, while we're praying and interceding, we were spying out the land in the spirit realm. All right? So we were, we were spying out the land through prayer, and, and we were encountering God in Reading, and he was showing us in the spirit things to come in Indiana. <clears throat> we, and when we came here on our trips to spy out the land, actually in the flesh, we were still having encounters right here, and he was showing us things yet to come. Okay? The things yet to come being manifested in our midst. However, already in store in the heaven realm. So we are, are thoroughly convinced of the things that we moved here to, to be a part of because we've already seen it. You guys all right? So we've seen... Therefore, we've prayed a lot, okay? And we've seen, therefore, we have acted in faith a lot. We've seen, so we've taken big risks a lot because we've already been there where we haven't been yet. You get what I'm saying? Come on. So we've seen in the Spirit things, and we're actually literally seeing it played out in our midst in the natural right now. Okay? We're starting to see things played out 
of things that are yet still come. So we're seeing fruit, seasonal fruit of development as we go. But guess what? We have been, we've seen nothing yet of, what, of what's coming. Come on, guys. You're going to have to get excited this morning or I'm going to quit this job. And then it's not going to, no, I'm just joking. There, I want to remind you, there is, a, there is an oak tree in the acorn. Amen. Yeah, you guys are going to have to make up for Joe now. There's an oak tree in the acorn. And, and when you look at the oak tree, or the acorn, you must see the oak tree. Okay? When you look at the seed, you must see not just the acorn, but the forest. Come on. You must see the kingdom in your midst by faith before you will see the kingdom in your midst. Let me say that again. You must see the kingdom in your midst by faith before you will see the kingdom in your midst. Come on. Where, where God's taken us, we need to go there in the Spirit first. Come on. So you, you must go there first before you can bring the more into this realm that we're living in. All right? If you, if you guys, I gave you plenty of time to turn to Genesis 13, so hope you're there. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start on verse 14. This was the part of the story when uh, we, we call him Abraham, but at this time his name was Abram, okay? And Abram had multitudes of people with him. He had riches. He had camels. And, and his nephew Lot was with him. And they were prospering and overflowing, and it was great. But as they were traveling, um, they started realizing that, that both of them had too much for them to be together. And so because they're sheep herders and people... We're starting to butt heads with each other. That's my territory. No, that's your territory. No, get out of my way. No, get out of my way. And so they realized that they were outgrowing each other's space, and so they needed to part ways. And so Abraham, Abram, being the, the godly man that he was, actually gave preference to his nephew by faith. Okay, He gave preference to his nephew to choose where he wanted to go by faith that God was going to bless him even if he got second Dibs, all right? So his nephew chose one direction, and it, it looked more lush. Little did he know that there's going to be fire and brimstone coming down on it in the near future. He didn't know that. But, um, and, then, and then the rest of it, the other direction, was Abraham's, all right? And that's where this picks up, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, everybody say, which you see, which you see. 
See, he had to see something, okay? All the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Wow, that's amazing. And not only will I give you this land, it gets, it's get even better, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. Wow. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, have you ever counted dust before? That's a boring job. Then your descendants also could be numbered. So it's impossible to, to count how many, how many descendants he's going to have. Arise. Everybody say, arise. arise. Walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Whoa. All right. Now just pay attention here. God told him to look in every direction, and he said, look at it. Okay? And, and then he, so he had to see what God was showing him. He had to see something that he didn't actually have yet. Okay? And, and so he saw it, and then, and then he had to arise, and he had to walk it out. All right? He had to walk the land that God was showing him. So he walked the land, and God said, I'm going to give you all the land that you're going to walk. Everything you see and every bit of it that you walk, I will give it to you. Wow. That's pretty amazing, right? Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. All right. So God said, I will give you the land that you see. So he walked the land before it ever became his actual possession. Okay? He had to see what God was giving him and then walk it out before it was ever going to be his. That's a lot of faith right there. Everybody say, believing is seeing. Come on. So he had to, he had to go exploring the promises of God. So God didn't just say, well, I got this huge promise Hey, you just sit there and go about your business, and it'll happen to you one day. That's not what God said. No, he actually said, look at it, and then go explore it. Okay? He had to look at it and see it, and then he had to go explore it. All right? Do you guys see that? Okay. Exploring the promises of God. Have you ever thought about how much time and energy... That must have taken him and whoever went with him to explore the vastness of what was going to become the promised land. Like, that's kind of a huge area, okay? I don't, I don't know how it compares the old Israel to now. I didn't have time to do a deep dive on that. But I can tell you right now, Israel, I believe, is smaller than it was back then. Is that correct, Steve? Yep. And so I'm just going to go off of what it is now and then just know it's bigger, okay, Modern Israel, according to what I read, is, is about 290 miles from the north to the bottom, okay? And then it's about 85 miles east and west. So I don't know what that equals when you go around it, but just imagine 290 up, 290, or 85 over, 290 back, 85 over, okay? Like that's not a short walk. The, the, I looked it up, and the distance between here and Nashville, Tennessee is just a hair bigger than that, okay? So can you imagine going on a hike tomorrow 
to Nashville, Tennessee. It takes about five, six hours to drive there on the interstate. Imagine that hike. Yeah. But Abraham, imagine this. What if God told you, pretend you don't have a car, okay? And you have to do it on foot or by a donkey or whatever. <laughs> imagine, though, God saying, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give to you and your descendants the stretch of land right from here to down to Nashville and then over 85 miles and then back up and I'm going to cut off a square and that's yours. If, if you will go see it and explore it, you can have all of that. Okay? But you don't have a car or a train or a plane, feet, possibly a donkey, maybe a camel if you're lucky. All right? Are you going to explore that whole thing? We'll call you Daniel Boone, all right? Daniel Boone. Are you going to explore that thing? Because I think most people are, aren't going to believe it, first of all. <laughs> most people might think, well, the promise of God, you know, they're, they're, they're probably pretty good, and so let me go explore my block in my neighborhood. And then they get petered out and they're exhausted, and it's like, all right, that was enough walking, I'm done. Let me turn on the game. All right? <laughs> but, but, like, Abraham got some amazing promises from God, and, and countless, like, unlimited promise that was given to this single individual, right? And to get the promise was going to also require diligence from himself, to actually put himself into it and to go after this thing and to walk it off, to see it, to explore it, to embrace it, everything God told him was his. You guys catching me? So as, we, as we're thinking about this, like we need to, we need to understand that the, the way that God presented the promised land or the, the kingdom of heaven to, to Abraham and, the, and Abraham's response to it is how we should be perceiving the promises of God for us in the kingdom of God. That it's more than you could ever imagine and it's already prepared for us. It's already there, but you're going to probably get just about as much as you're willing to put yourself into exploring it and seeing it, and then laying hold of it. And that's why we are not seeing the move of God like we need to see in this day and age, is because people aren't willing to put themselves into it in faith and exploration and believing, and then the muscle and time and energy it takes to walk it out. It's responsible by God, it's, to God. It's responsible for us to take the promises he's given us and to behold them and to observe them and to walk them off in the spirit, to go in there. And let me tell you, if you want to know everything that's available for you in the kingdom, th look at this and explore it the same way that Abraham explored the land that God gave to him for him to go grab a hold of. The word of God. Is full of all the things that are already prepared for you in heaven. Amen? 
So we need to go, we need to go there in our spirit, and we need to see it, and we need to claim it so we can possess it. You got it? God wants us to explore the vastness of his kingdom, to explore it, not just to hear good messages about it, but to actually become the greatest spelunker in the spirit you could imagine. <laughs> Come on. Or, or the, what were those two dudes' names that explored the West? Lewis and Clark. We need to become the greatest spiritual Lewis and Clarks of the kingdom of God that ever existed. To explore the things that God's put out there and that he's already created in the spirit in heaven. He's already, he's already created more than you could ever imagine. And we need to want it so bad that I'm willing to put myself into discovering everything God has promised for me. And not taking a passive approach on it. So go there in your spirit. And see it in your spirit. And don't just take a quick glimpse like Chevy Chase did with the Grand Canyon. Okay, let's go. He's in a hurry. We, can't, we cannot be in too much of a hurry, all right? He was trying to get to Wally World. All right, that was awesome. Let's go. And then they're out of there. No, we're not doing that. That was, that was from vacation. National Lampoon's vacation a long time ago. God, God wants us to, to desire for, for him to unfold his mysteries to us and to unfold to us all the things he's already created. He's, he has things in store waiting, like, kind of like if they were in like warehouses in heaven. I've heard some people say there actually are. I didn't read that in the Bible, but there are. the Bible does talk about storehouses. Just think about this. God has storehouses of things in heaven that are just sitting there waiting for somebody to see it, to perceive it, to lay claim of it, and, and do whatever it takes to go fetch that thing and bring it into this realm because it's not active until it's brought into this realm. And I know God, he does not like things to go to waste. All right? Unlike Amazon and Walmart, they might waste things. Costco definitely wastes things, I've heard. He's not Costco, guys. He's got things he's wanting people to claim it instead of throwing it in the trash can because whatever. That's, that's a tangent. All right. Crave it. Need it. Be desperate for it. Study it. Study it. Study to show yourselves approved. The Word of God, okay? Explore it. See it with your spirit. Pray for it. Receive it by faith. Declare it. Lay hold of it and don't let go until you see it come through. Whether it takes a minute, five days, ten years. Come on. And, and you better believe that I think this way about the promises God has given to us, all right? Yes. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have been through the pains and toils I've been through if I didn't believe that there's more coming ahead. You understand that? All right. 
flip over two chapters, Genesis 15. I closed my book when I held it up to show you guys you need to read it, and then I lost my place, and now I need to go read it again. Genesis 15, I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? Because he and his wife both were not able to have a baby, all right, at that point, which I believe he was probably somewhere around 90 or so years old at this point, okay? <clears throat> she was 80-ish or somewhere around that. All right, seeing that I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus, who was not even related to him, okay? So, because God had told him in chapter 13, he's going to have children as much as the dust of the earth. He's like, my wife can't even have a baby, dude. So right now he's like, what are you going to do? How are you going to do this thing? The only heir I've got is Eleazar. Of Damascus, that place over there. Then Abram said, Lord, or sorry, he said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. So he was going to actually almost like adopt Eliezer to be his heir. But verse 4 And behold, the Lord, or the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one will come from your own body who, who will be your heir. That was, a, that was an eye-opening moment for him. Okay? He had no clue. <clears throat> then he brought him outside. God brought Abram outside and said, you know, you, you've been thinking dust. Let's make it a little prettier now, okay? Look now toward the heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Verse 6, and he believed in the Lord. Come on. He believed in the Lord, and he counted it for righteousness. <clears throat> That's awesome. So God told Abram he was going to have a son of his own body, and, and he was thinking in terms of having one heir, like one, one son at this point. God's saying, no, stars. Okay? So God, God wasn't just going to bless him with a baby. You're going to have descendants like the stars. So God, God took it to a whole other level beyond what he could have ever imagined. And Abraham believed. Come on. He was a 90-year-old. Like, he, he was past his prime, all right? <laughs> you got it? Like 90. God said you're going to have a baby. But he believed him. But what I want you to check out in this is that God was showing Abram something. He was, he was causing him to perceive something that was impossible, but was in the realm of promise. God was showing him the stars, and in a spirit man, he's showing him children. And so he saw what God wanted to do that was impossible. He saw it, and he believed Hallelujah. Everybody say, believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. Come on. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 5 7 says, We walk by faith, not by sight. Oh, then you mean believing is not seeing? Well, yes and no. But believing is seeing, okay? 
But it's not seeing in the natural. It's seeing with your spirit. It's seeing by faith things that you can't see in the natural realm. Okay? So <clears throat> a lot of people have the, the belief system, if I see it, then I'll believe it. How many of you guys think that's the kind of faith that moves God? If I see it, I'll believe it. Well, i got to bring up Thomas again. Out of, out of John 20, 27 through 29, um, Thomas, he wasn't there when Jesus appeared to his bros, and they came back and said, Jesus is alive, and he said, I, I won't believe it unless I can touch the scars on his hands and his feet and his side. I won't, I won't be able to believe it until I actually see it and experience him. And so in verse 27, Jesus said to Thomas, he said, reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Whoa. Jesus was gentle with him, and he met him where he was at, but he also rebuked him lovingly, rebuked him. You didn't believe. Now, now you can believe, right? Because you're experiencing me. Now you can believe. Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. Now he knew. And so his faith was on now, right? But Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Let me tell you, though, that belief is better than no belief at all. All right? Because there's going to be people who are not going to believe in the gospel of the kingdom until they actually experience signs and wonders. It's true. But Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Okay? So not having to see the tangible product to prove that God is actually showing up for you, but actually being able to believe he's going to show up for you before you see the evidence, that's the faith that moves God's heart. Come on. <clears throat> Believing is seeing. It's seeing in the spirit realm, all right? John 3.3, 3, Jesus said, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay? But, but I want to say to you that the opposite is true. If you've been born again of the Spirit, you can see the kingdom of God. You can see the kingdom. Everybody say, I can see the kingdom. Once you repeat this with me, I've been born again in the Spirit. I've been made a new creation. All the old things have passed away. God made all things new, and he's opened my eyes so I can see his kingdom. Even before it's manifested, I can see his kingdom. Come on, that's faith, all right? It's faith. It takes faith. It takes faith to be able to see in the kingdom. Hallelujah. I, I want to I tell a cool testimony and this is another Rod Parsley one, all right? Back in 95, 96, I was going to Bible College, World Harvest Bible College, Columbus, Ohio. Um, Rod, if you don't know who, that, who Rod Parsley is, he's a dynamic preacher. I don't personally follow him anymore. 
not for any re- reasons. It's just God's taken me other directions. But I picked up some things from him that have changed my life. Okay? He, he's, he's anointed. And I remember back then, World Harvest Church, I think, was probably running around 5,000 people in a, in a service. Big place. Big, big place. All right? And I remember him telling us students one time that, that back when the church was early, he had, they were in a different building, and there was about 100 people in their church at that time. About 100 people. Okay? But he said that he would go in their building when nobody else was in there, and he would pray. And the Lord would stir his spirit man to start prophesying and start declaring to 5,000 people are going to be coming in to this church. He started preaching in the spirit realm by himself to 5,000 people in the building. Nobody else could hear it except in the spirit realm. But he was declaring it. He felt like God gave him the faith. He would walk around that building and just call him in. 5,000 people, 5,000 souls, mighty move of God, healings and miracles, encounters, salvations. He's praying and declaring and prophesying 5,000 people, and they had 100 people come into their church. And he said he was preaching to those 100 people on Sunday, but he's actually preaching to 5,000. 4,900 who weren't in the room quite yet. You guys get what I'm saying? He would walk around the room and he would do that and he would do it regularly and his spirit would get charged up and he's calling things out from heaven into earth, calling things in to the, from the spirit realm into that place. And, and I want to tell you that when I was there, there was 5,000 people. Those people didn't just come in because of ads on the, in the newspaper. They came in because he called them in in the spirit. Okay? And they put, they put action to, to their faith. And, it, I mean, it took a lot of work, but God brought the people in, and people were getting healed, and miracles were happening. People were getting saved. It was crazy. And my brother yesterday told me, he looked it up, and now they claim that they have 12,000 people in their church. What? But, they, but he was prophesying this stuff when there's 100 people. There's something powerful on that. He saw what was coming before it came. And he put his faith in it, and he, and he called it out. He prayed, and he called it out. And he received it by faith. Come on, guys. <laughs> Are you, are you guys getting the picture of why I'm so diligently talking about things coming that we haven't seen yet? Because I'm prophesying it, I'm declaring it, and I'm not going to let go of it. Come on. I'm praying for a whole lot more people than how many are sitting in this room right now. <laughs> I, I do believe we're going to grow. Uh, and it, I don't know if it's going to come by anything I'm excellent at. I believe it's going to come because God opens the heavens and something happens. Amen? You guys doing good? 
Thank you, Jesus. I'm running out of time like I always do. It's perfect, though. It just gives me more to preach later. Flip over to Romans 4. Do you guys love the Word of God? I'm going to read 16 through 22. This is talking about Abraham. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. That's how. Do. Why don't you say this with me? He calls things that don't exist as though they did. I want to tell you that when God calls things that don't exist as if they did, did I say that right? They already exist with Him before they exist here. That's how He can call it because it's already there. You got it? Who who contrary to hope, in hope, believed, this is Abraham, Abraham, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead as it was, right? Like like he, what this means is when God told him you're going to have children, like, I, my body is as good as dead. He was 100 years old when this thing happened, okay? It's like, my body is as good as dead. <laughs> but this is saying he didn't even pay attention to the deficiencies of his own abilities. That's, he, he didn't even give that his attention anymore. You got this? Yeah. He, he looked past the limitations of the natural realm, Amen. all right? since he was about 100 years old, in the deadness of his, Sarah's womb. So she was 90, and she couldn't have a baby the entire time. And she's already 90. But he's like, I'm not even going to pay attention to the fact that there's no way possible she's ever going to have a baby. Okay? <laughs> I'm not going to pay attention to that. Verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. So when he, if you take his eyes off of the word of God and look at the circumstance, he would, he would shift into unbelief because he'd be measuring it by the natural realm. But he was lifting his, his faith out of the natural realm into the realm of God where all things are possible for him who believes. The realm of God where the promises exist that you haven't seen manifested yet. He took his eyes off the thing that would get him discouraged and would cause him to have an inferior view, and then get, he, he would cap his, his experience abilities by the natural means if he did that. We do that all the time.
We do that a lot. We, we, we have promises. There's, pro, there's promises in this thing right here that we have a tendency, if we're not careful, to miss ever getting these things happening because we measure things off of the natural realm. And God's saying, stop looking at that. That stuff, it's already, it's like a dead, it's like an old, 100-year-old dude who could croak any minute. And his wife, 90 years old, it's like that. Like whatever that thing is that you're believing for, that God has promised you, if you take your eyes off of him and his promise, you're leaving it in a realm that's equal to Abraham and Sarah in 190 years. Do you get what I'm saying? Like God's saying, take your eyes off of your natural realm limitations because that will never get you what you need, and lift it to me, yeah. all right? Believing is receiving, sorry, believing is seeing, okay? Believing is seeing. It's seeing, it's not looking at circumstances, it's looking into the kingdom where things exist that you haven't seen happen yet, yeah. all right? So verse 20, again, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform and therefore is accounted to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. I want, I want you guys to make this declaration with me. If God said it, he can do it. I'm not going to say he will do it. I'll tell you why. If God said it, say it again. If God said it, he can do it. I'm not going to have you say, if God said it, he will do it. And here's why. Because you need to have faith for it to happen. He's not holding anything back from us. He's not holding anything back from his children. The Bible says elsewhere that all things are, are available to us, right? He's, he's, gift, he's, he's made all things available. It's your faith. It's your faith. Can you see the thing that God has promised you? Can you see it in your spirit? Can you perceive the things that, he, that He's spoken, whether it be in the Word or just through an encounter or a prophetic word that you know that you, that you know was, was Him? Can you see it? Or are you just waiting for something to happen to you? Faith is seeing in the Spirit. It's seeing the promises of God. Believing is seeing. Believing is receiving. God wants to help us to see the things that he has in store for us, to dream into it with him and to receive it by faith as if it's already ours, as if it's already coming. By the way, you're all coming to our Enter to Overflow at 2, so I can just keep preaching until then, so... Listen to this. Actually, I'm going to have you guys declare this with me. 
We are people of the Word. We are people of faith. We are people of encounters. We are prophetic people. Say that again. Come on. Now, now follow me on this one too. We are prophetic people because we have encounters, because we have faith, because we are people of the Word. Come on. Say this. I am better than Lewis and Clark in exploring the vastness of God's kingdom. Every treasure he has for me is already available to me. I want to explore them. And I will put myself into the exploration. Because believing is seeing. And I don't want to miss anything he has for me. I want to go all the way. And I believe there's great things ahead. Greater than things I can do on my own. Come on. Those are good words, guys. <laughs> Come on. Jo- Joshua and Caleb had to, they, they were with eight other, ten, ten other losers, <laughs> all right? <laughs> it, was a, it was a two to ten ratio. And God told them to go into the promised land. The promised land. Come on. Promised land. God promised it. If God said it, He can do it. Come on. According to your faith. (laughs) Two to ten ratio. They went into the promised land so they could spy out the land. So they could go explore. They spent 40 days exploring this place that God had promised would be theirs. And they, they weren't just looking at it so they could measure the enemy armies. They were checking out the goods that were going to be theirs to lay claim of. Come on, it was a land flowing of milk and honey. And, and grapevines big enough that it took multiple people to carry them out. Lush. Beautiful, amazing land. Come on. It was their promise. And God sent them in there so they could go spy it out and see what they're about to inherit. Hallelujah. They went there to go check out all the things that God had waiting for them. But then there was the ten losers who they, they got their eyes off of the things that God was trying to show them was their inheritance, and they started paying attention to the things that were intimidating. That's right. It was a 2 to 10 ratio, faith, fear. Come on. Two of them saw. Two of them saw the promise. Two of them saw the things that were in store in in the kingdom for them, just waiting to be lambanoed, apprehended. The other ten 
They were, they were doing the same as Abraham would have been if he would have looked at his body and his wife's body and said, well, this is what we got to offer you, Lord. I don't think we can do it. It's like you either can look at the problem or you can look at the solution. The, the ten went and they saw the problem. The two saw the solutions and they saw the bounty of heaven and they were ready to go grab it and they knew that God would have just, he would have just given it to them on a silver platter. And he would have. You guys, you guys hearing the things I'm saying? We've we got to be people who, who spy out the land. I'm talking about uh, exploring the vastness of God's kingdom and all the things that he has in store for us, the treasures that he already has in store. There's storehouses waiting to be poured out on your life. There's breakthroughs. There's miracles. There's healings. There's relational brokenness ready to be healed there's encounters waiting for you come on there's all kinds of things there's financial provisions and breakthroughs and bounties there's dreams and visions for you there's there's um there's there's businesses for people who who god's calling them into that there's the, there's the stuff that's impossible if you don't ever put yourself into the 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 realm of impossibilities and when we were singing that song earlier, man, that song stirs me every time. The last one, draw near. I asked Seth to keep going on this for a while. It says, I have made a place for you here. You guys know that song is a song from God to you? It's not a song from us to him. It's, a, it's God inviting us in. He, draw near to me as I have drawn near to you. It's him singing that over us. It says, I have made a place for you here. Guess what? He didn't say I'm... I'm making a place for you. Hopefully it'll be ready for you when, when you get here. I have made a place for you here. I have, have made a place for you. It is finished, guys. I have made a place for you here. It's not out there. That The place I have for you isn't in your 100-year-old impossible body and 90-year-old Dead womb, that's not, where the, that's not where it's at. It's in here, in here, in my realm, okay? I've made a place for you here, so come on. Come on. All things are possible here. Come on, come on. Like, he's, he's wanting to give this to you. He's trying to chase you with his miracles and his blessings. All he's looking for is faith. Faith to believe that he's ready to pour it on you. You don't have to try to arm wrestle him into your breakthrough. It was his idea, not yours. Jesus died on the cross to give you that thing. Come on. Whatever that thing is. Hallelujah. He's ready to give it to you. Are you ready to believe him? And if you believe him, can you see it? Because he wants you to behold it. He wants you to observe it. He wants you to explore it in your spirit with him. Explore this. God, show me this angle. And let me see this other angle. Lord, let me, let me look this thing up and down. Lord, what does this look like? He wants me to start dreaming about how, what does it look like in heaven? And then how can I dream about what that looks like when it passes through the veil into this earth realm, what will it look like when the breakthrough happens? I want to dream about that breakthrough happening, and then I want to start walking around that thing 
as if it already exists. Lord, I prophesy this thing. I declare this thing. I thank you for this thing that I'm believing for. It's here in the name of Jesus. I'm right now, I'm preaching to a church that's loaded with revival breaking out all over the place right now. (laughs) That's my faith. Come on. You guys ready for your breakthrough? Come on, why don't you stand with me? I want you to just take a minute, and I want you to ask the Lord, show me just one thing, show me Already exists. Can see. My ears can hear. My heart can perceive the things God has in store for me. Because I love Him. Because I have the Holy Spirit. I've been given the mind of Christ. Now, just ask the Lord to show you. It, what does He want you to believe for right now? It could be an answer to a prayer. It could be a a radical encounter that you've been wanting. It could be a breakthrough of sorts. It could be a healing. It could be a miracle. It could be a provision. It could be a broken relationship healed. It could be a softened heart. It could be a, a breakthrough in society. It could be a calling. It can be anything that's in God's heart for you. The sky's the limit. Ask Him to show you something to believe for. And once you, once you catch a hold of what that thing is, I'm sure you probably could have a plethora. I just want you to zone in on one thing for this, for this practice right now. I want you to take that thing, and I want you to behold it and observe it. In your spirit, start walking around that thing, looking it up and down. What does that look like? Ask God to show you, what does this thing even look like that's already in store for me that I can't see on this earth yet? And then what would it look like for that thing to actually start happening? For it to actually start emerging through the veil in your life? Just just see it. You have the mind of Christ. You can see what he sees. Ask the Holy Spirit to draw you into the mind of Christ right now and to perceive the way that God does. And then I want you to take a moment as you've been beholding this thing, because believing is seeing. In faith, ask God for that thing to happen. Just ask him right now. I'm going to give you a moment because I want you to just say what you need to say to him. I got things I'm believing for, I'll tell you that.
Just pray to him. Pray to him for that thing that you need. And I encourage you to spend more time on this later than the time we have right now. Please. But I'm just trying to walk you through this so you can come and encounter with it right now. Pray for that thing. And, and after you've asked the Lord for it, take a moment to actually receive by faith the transfer of that thing to you. Sometimes we pray and then we just move on and we miss the receiving it part. Receive it. Receive it by faith. Some of you guys are going to have encounters with the Lord on this. Whether now or later, please do not rob yourself of the opportunity to go deeper on this when you have time. Make time for it. Receive it by faith. Let the Lord minister to you the release of this thing into your life. Now I want you to look at that thing and I want you to speak to it, and prophesy to it, declare it as being done with your voice, with your voice, not with your mind. Just speak to it, prophesy to it, call it forth, declare it. Speak to that thing. Tell it to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Yeah, there is, there is a lot of things happening in the spirit realm. <clears throat> we were singing that song earlier. It was like, I could, I just, it was like the atmosphere is pregnant, ready, ready just to release things from the heaven. There's angels here and releasing things. Come on. Just, just come into that place. Just see it, perceive it. Just know it. Explore it. Pray it. Believe it, receive it, declare it.